Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your small and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Welcome back from the international break. It felt like two years, not two weeks, but you know, back into action against Southampton at the Emirates. And I do feel this is kind of the game we need to kickstart our season again. Because if not, no, I don't see a way forward from here then. Yeah, because I think also now we are really glad with, with regards to international break. It's the end of like for 2019 with fixtures and so so you know it's just now head down and you know start racking up the points that we need to now you know catch up in the in actually this chase now to even get to the to the like brink of top four because at the moment we've already started to you see this gap between um, fourth and fifth with with uh, I think Chelsea's on 25 points and uh, Sheffield United on something like 17. And I think about the goal difference superior to us. I mean, Arsenal's going to have to have their work also cut out against Southampton today to, you know, almost like somehow get us. Because, like I was telling a friend the other day, we're getting out to a point with when you see the other season has, like, you know, kind of backfired on us a bit. We need to almost like use now, you know, little bit by bit target. So I think for now it's like, you know, get that fifth spot first. And then we have to, like, you know, just build on that. Or I don't know what your take is on that. It's a, it's a stark contrast to almost, you know, how we were talking about before the previous international break. Like, it's been, it was like a short space of time, but it felt like so much has happened. I mean, from, you know, being top four candidates, there was, all the pundits were saying, you know, Arsenal are the, looking the most complete. They have a settled team. They have a, like, you know, settled manager and, you know, roll back into national break, come back against Sheffield United and, you know, we're calling for the manager's head. And I just feel like you mentioned, we're going to have to take it game by game at the moment. We can't look too far ahead. I mean, Chelsea and uh, Man City play each other. Man City, I think, dropped to fourth spot currently after they lost to Liverpool. So, you know, there's points for the taking if we can close the gap on one of them and Leicester City play against Brighton. So, you know, maybe week by week we have like those mini tournaments and have like mini victories if our rivals can slip up and we win. So it's almost like we need to capitalize on on our rivals playing the top other top four and um the top four and the top two teams. So I think, you know, this weekend if we can make two points or even three points on Chelsea or Man City, it's a win for us. Because, mm. I mean, look, it just shows you the, the almost like the current rot in, in, in both sides that play today. It's like Arsenal now already down to six, um, Southampton already in 19th position. And, <clears throat> you know, it, it's going to be, for me, just looking at the game from, from the outside, it's going to be one hell of a slog today if you think of it. Because Southampton come already kind of with, I want to say, pressure off them. But it's not like they know if they play, you know, to their game. If Arsenal, if you start, you know, getting under Arsenal's skin and then that, uh, they could get rattled and then, it, you know, that starts at what you and I always talk about with the domino effect. It, it starts on the pitch. It filters into the the crowd and then you see the manager also start panicking. So, <clears throat> you know, as I said, we now need to, you know, really need to give a performance to like show the crowd also, the, it's also down to Emery to show that at least has, has he actually done something in this like about close to two-week break? Because I think something different is needed. And as you said, 
maybe this could be some some sort of you know jump start to e season if you think of it like we put it like that. I, I think he has a chance now to. I think this is his last chance alone to kind of, you know, fans were upset. I was upset. You were upset. We all probably listeners were upset. Mm. But like now, like the, the international break has come and gone. You kind of forget about Arsenal. Like what what's happened over this two weeks. There wasn't much headlines going on in the paper and all those things, or at least you know, my side in the side of the world. And so you kind of forget about the rot that's happening in Arsenal. So it's almost like you're coming back to a fresh start. And a 3-4-0 three, three Arsenal win, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if that happens, you kind of put that negativity at the back of your mind again. And you look forward, like, you know, it is possible to get back in the top four if we win next week and we win next week again. So this is his chance now to maybe win some fans back over, get the support going again. Because right now, I think as fans, we're desperate for something. I mean, with... The sacking of Pochettino Mourinho going to um, uh, Tottenham. I think as Arsenal fans, you know, one eye, even though you don't want to say it, is thinking maybe do we bring Pochettino into Arsenal. So I think it's going to be a tough game today. But if Emre think I needs to, I think he needs to go with a attacking lineup today. You know, go to Southampton immediately. You saw what happened last week. Liverpool rattled Man City, the champions of England, got two quick goals, and suddenly um, Man City didn't know what they're doing. So Arsenal need to go with the same approach today. Yeah, because look, the heater is now, as you said, on Emery, because I think now that the club has also come out where <clears throat> they've now said something down the lines of, you know, like three weeks or so to kind of save his season also, like, you know, with his career now on the line. Because there could be now repercussions, you know, coming at the end of all this if, you know, things don't go accordingly. And look, as we now discuss with fixtures or so, even though we're talking about not looking up ahead, the crunch games are still coming in, in mid-December and that, that, you know, that we're going to be facing even leading up to the new year. So <clears throat> he's going to have to, you know, pull out almost like all the stops now because uh, there was also talk of uh, Zaka maybe being included now for today because... <coughs> Excuse me. There has been some kind of injuries and 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 not really a crisis type of thing, but there are certain players in key positions that have had like some some niggles and that. So they're gonna have to, you know, probably make use of what they have. And I think Shaka has also said he wants to, you know, you make himself available. I wonder, you know, if Shaka, what state of mind he's going to be in in the in today's game, coming back to the Emirates. <laughs> Maybe it would have been best to actually have Xhaka start an away game just to ease his way back in because I think the Emirates hopefully like doesn't get on his back very early on. And I think that's up to Emirates to manage as well. If he sees, you know, that Xhaka's not giving a, a performance, get him off, you know, but kind of look after his players. But there's a point I want to bring up like with Emirates now in today's game. It, it, it just seems like he doesn't know how to manage attacking players. Like, even with Mkhitaryan, you know, he, he, maybe Mourinho and Emre have similar styles to an extent. But it seems like Emre doesn't get the best out of attacking players. I mean, yeah. Yeah. like I said, Uzel and stuff like that, they they are not, you know, performing to their full potential, I feel. But you know what What was actually worrying me somewhat was also hearing um, Bellerin a few days ago when he said <clears throat> this was like a sort of... Um, Splitting the camp with regards to Xhaka. 
And I know you and I were talking about it a while back also with, with you know, when you when you see say Aubameyang hanging out with, with people say, of, of that Arsenal fan TV that have been almost like highly critical say of Xhaka. And now it's getting to a point where you can see that sort of, you know, war lines being drawn then in the squad where you get like people like Bellerin who's quite, you know, anti AFTV type of thing and Whenever some people that now will actually interact with those people. So, I mean, I don't know how that's going to now also play out. Because, I mean, as, as Bellerin and even Socrates has said, the, the squad also needs some sort of unity. And my take was, I don't know if I mentioned it to you or if you did in the podcast last week, where um, I actually think the team also needs something like, you know, a team building type of few days. Where maybe you're not having football, anything, training or tactics or whatever. But just letting that team grow together as a group by doing, say, something totally not football-related, more like team, you know, like as an actual team building, whether it's doing stuff like a river rafting thing or, you know, stuff like that. We just can switch yourself off from the game itself and do something else and almost like come together as a team then. I think that's what they need. Arsenal needs almost a result that kind of brings them together as well, you know. Off the field, they're having like a team building, but they need a one result that kind of just galvanizes the team. And those results can come from, you know, 2 0 down and you come back to win the game or playing against a Chelsea side whenever we get, I'm not sure when we get Chelsea, but, you know, sweeping Chelsea off the park. So the results again can kickstart your season. And uh, like the, the fact that our captain now, Aubameyang, is hanging out with the very guy that slated our old captain. It doesn't bode well in the team and those type of things. I mean, soccer is a, a team sport. I mean, if, if you're not happy with someone in your camp, you're going to not, you know, break your back for him. And this comes down to Emre as well. It just seems that his, ma- his, his management style is, is, I'm sorry to say this, but it's a bit weak at times. I mean, we saw it with the Cavani and Neymar situation, how he just let that almost unfold and play itself out instead of him making the decision. And now it's coming to a game where it's up to him to man up as a coach and take, like, you know, the bull by the horns. But it was like, really, he's letting it peter out as well. I think the club take charge of what was happened. But, you know, one thing that I was also doing <clears throat> over this two-week break, because, I mean, I was not that too, like, into the, you know, some of the international fixtures. I think only time I really you know, started watching a bit of it was when it now got exciting down to the last game or so, I think, last Tuesday and Wednesday. But what I was trying to put across was, I was actually looking at our squad, you know, going, comparing our squad to the rest now. And I mean, <clears throat> my biggest headache at the moment, which I see, is the goals are just not being spread around the team. Because I was like looking at, at what sort of contribution, um, you know, like, just say something like say Mason Mount of, of Chelsea. He's playing in midfield, and I mean, he's chipping in almost every week or every two weeks, he's chipping in with goals. Then you look at, at uh, say, uh, say Man City or Liverpool, you're getting people other than you know like with the you know the usual suspects type of thing, but they're also all chipping in with goals. The goals are coming throughout, and I think that is where Arsenal have been missing. You know that because I mean, do you see say somebody like Xhaka contributing seven plus goals for Arsenal midfield or Özil contributing seven plus? I'm not talking about assists and I'm just talking straight up goals. And I mean, that is why when you look at our goal, I mean, we almost like we've become a goal shy team at the moment. Yes, it's 100%. If you look at 
you know, everything's falling on a bummy shoulders this season. I mean, like I said, hasn't been firing. He's been injured for a while. So, you know, you can't blame him for that. But Martinelli, you know, he's been doing the business outside of the Premier League. But if you look in, like, I think he could be a good understudy to assist um, a Bamiang to even play with him to kind of get the goals. Because at the end of the day, your title-winning sides or... Even these days, the top four sides have that goal spread around them. I mean, you saw Man City have that Bernardo Silva who will come in, or Gabriel Jesus if Aguero's not firing, or even uh, Sterling. Yeah. We don't have that if Aubameyang's not going to find the target, or he has an off game. Arsenal suddenly looks a goal shy team, like you mentioned. Okay. So it's like Pepe needs to start putting his shooting boots on. Our, our midfield, I think our biggest problem is. There's nothing happening in our midfield. You know, you know, you get those guys that kind of like Lampard who come from deep and slot in to score. At Arsenal, there isn't that. If our front three don't score, we don't score. But, you know, this is also a point down to bring up, and, and it was something that, that I found also key to what you said, I think, last week. And could it be even a week before? When Arsenal, that way it comes with that, what you said, another man management of, of Emery. When people are on form, he does not choose them when, like, can you remember even like in Venga days, I mean, I know we ate some of those, I'm just hopping back to that period. But if you played your ass off in the in the midweek game, you can be guaranteed you're going to be in that starting 11 for the, you know, for the weekend game. And I mean, if not, if you're on the bench, you're going to get probably a 30-something minute, 30-25 or 30-minute cameo even as a sub. But it's like, look at that, that game where we lost, I think, where he didn't even bring Pepe on. Like, I don't know if we lost or drew that one of that games in the last few matches. They were against was Palace. Could be that game. Where, yeah, one of these games. But I, I just know he did not bring Pepe on at all. And then I think to myself, when somebody is, is, is on eating that form, because I remember you also mentioned that with a, when Pepe was bagging that couple of goals, he was bagging and like, assisting it. And I'm thinking to myself, now is the time to almost like unleash him with that sort of mental form. And then you put him on the bench now, must the guy feel it's like you're going from 100 to about 25 or 10 or whatever. And it's like having to build that morale up again. Yeah, because I mean, it was the previous game against that Victoria, um, where he scored that two goals, came from the bench, you know, changed the game. It was called almost, you could call it the Pepe show. And I think he needed that. And then we go to Palace and, you know, like you mentioned, he's on the bench. It doesn't come on at all. Like, what, what's up with that? You you need to get your most expensive signing going. I mean, and Uzel as well, your most expensive player. You need to, you know, try to rile him up to get him going. Because, I mean, let's face it, you know, Uzel, as much as he sometimes goes hiding in the big games, he had that killer instinct to kind of bully the smaller teams. Yeah. But it's not that's not even happening anymore. Like, Emre's even gone defensive against the smaller teams. No disrespect to them, but it's like he almost shows too much respect. I mean, if you want to be on top there, you kind of need to go with that swagger or confidence, not saying arrogance, confidence, to show that you can be up there. Because I mean, we see this need to work on our, our goal difference because, I mean, going into this weekend with minus one, just not good enough. It's, it's almost like Emre's uh, even a worse version of Mourinho. Sorry to say, but like, because Mourinho at least, you know, defensively tight and he may, um, you know, play boring football, but he gets the job done 
nine times out of ten. I know it's his latter part of United days. You know, he just kind of fell off the the wagon a bit. But if you look like back to um, Mourinho, he at least had a, a strong spine. And it just doesn't seem that we have that spine. All all teams have that proper spine. You look at um, Liverpool, Van Dijk. Then you have their midfield, whether it's Henderson, Fabinho, or Wijnaldum. And then you have your Firmino, Salah, and Mane. That's your core team. Who is Emre's core besides Aubameyang to start? And when you look at the core, it's like the core that ends up causing so much bullshit. So it's like... <laughs> yeah, look... If you look at the Premier League side, it's like Socrates and Luis have been like the mainstays there. Eh? And I mean, they end up making so many errors in it. Then you have in the middle of the park, you've got Gondosi that can be sometimes brilliant. Sometimes he can be totally off his game. Torreira has been played out of position. Xhaka is another drama in itself. And then up front, I mean, once you, you break up that linkage between at the midfield and attack, then that. You can have uh, what's a 200 million plus forward line, but I mean, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be firing blanks every time. That is so true. And if you look at Arsenal's squad at the moment, you know, you look at Man City, you look at Liverpool, Chelsea, you know, they, they, they're pulling it off with this good, I think, coaching from Lampard's side. Even Leicester, you can look at. You look at that team and you look at, like, oh, flip, you know, I'm scared of, of Mane, I'm scared of Amino, I'm scared of Madison, I'm scared of. What's it, the right back, back of Leicester even? He's so dangerous. And Chilwell, you, you, you're scared of players all over the field. You look at Arsenal besides a bombing and Lacazette, maybe Pepe from time to time. Who are you scared of? Who would you rattle? Who would you feel rattled coming up against? There's two nice players. Like, I would love even as a professional to come up against some of the Arsenal guys at the moment. Because, mm, I mean, you know for a fact they're going to give you so much space. And, I mean, we've been, every time saying, or. Oh, what what the thing that, that kind of pisses me off sometimes is when you hear the players say after the game, yeah, we you know we'll do better in the next game, next game. Then you watch the next game, and you're gonna still see somebody gonna stand free, have a free at that goal, <laughs> have shot that goal, and you think to yourself, now what have you guys done in that last three or four days to fix that problem that happened? The same thing happened about a few days earlier, and you're still making that same errors again. And I mean, I still don't see an improvement. I mean, we've played like some of the weakest teams in the league, and they are key. They out-jump us, they out-fight us with the ball. They always like, just dominate us from set-pieces in our own box. So then you think to yourself, now, where, and is it even worth still training these guys if they're going to do this errors over and over and over and you just don't see an improvement? Under Emery, it seems like a lot of our goals come from our own mistakes. Like, we all have our own worst enemies. I mean, besides Leicester, I think Leicester was the one of the only teams I can think back to where you look at that goals and you were like, we were, we were actually outclassed, we were outpassed, we were out we were out footballed. But you look at the other goals Arsenal's conceded this season. We've literally been like shipping goals in for fun by making individual errors that lead to another individual errors which lead to the goal. And if I'm still not mistaken, in the Premier League, have we still not won by more than one goal yet this season? Oh, I don't recall it really. Because I mean we're getting now with a if you look at the way the old squad set up, and then there's only like teams already know we are guaranteed a goal at least against Arsenal. Like, you know, whoever, and I mean, look at, at some teams that have come to us with like either bad records or on a bad run. They come up against us, boom, they, they get some sort of top performance again, and, and without even thinking that much, they are, you know, getting, or getting one or two goals against us because 
how many games did we see this season where, as you said, through individual errors or, or you know, total basics or the lack of basics, we just give like gifting teams goals. And I mean, no wonder we we sitting on so what was it, sixteen goals for seventeen again? Uh, it's laughable, and I don't know where do you draw the line. Like Spurs took the leap of faith, you know. I think we had a chat, the two of us, I said the the way Spurs could be in trouble if the Mourinho project fails. And for me, personally, you know, if the, if the Mourinho project fails, they tried. You know, they they tried to, to take the next step to move themselves forward. I mean, it was a bold step to sack Pochettino. He took them to the Champions League final. He took them consistently to the Champions League. I think in the Premier League, under him, I don't think Wenger beat him in the Premier League in this in his entire time as coach of Tottenham. I mean, I think Emery was the first one to beat or make him lose his first North London derby in the EPL. And they sacked him because it wasn't working out anymore. So with Arsenal, where do you draw the line? Do we hold on to Emery till, you know, we could end up 10th or 12th because that could be the reality if we keep performing like we are? Or do you, you know, make a bold decision, see Allegri or Pochettino is available right now, and you go for it? Yeah, so we'll have to see how that, you know, that's also going to be another thing that plays out. And especially now with Arsenal now, setting a sort of time frame for, for Emery now to, you know, pull things right. Of that, what's it, three to four weeks? We'll see how, you know, how that's going to now play out. Whether, you know, we take the plunge and, and, and you know, get somebody new in and, you know, pay him that compensation. Because, as we said the other time, it's going to be down to, look, his compensation if he gets sacked to six million. Emery and and I mean, are you willing to take that sort of heat, or are you going to take that that uh, say fifty million heat for not qualifying for the Champions League? And I think... But look, 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 it's either that, like you said, or he gets this, like you know, feed sorted out. We beat Southampton today, and you know, go to Frank um, Frank would come to the Emirates and try to actually get the result there, and suddenly we have smiles on our faces. Yeah. So, you know, draw a line on that fixture. Um, we just we swear our attention now to the Europa League fixture in midweek coming up. Uh, we play at home, um, at home again to Frankfurt. Uh, both teams now actually mid, mid-table teams, if you take it. I mean, even though they're by flying in the Europa League. But, I mean, uh, Frankfurt are, I think, ninth in there in the Bundesliga, Arsenal sixth. Um, <clears throat> Arsenal also... Oh, yeah, this is something I want to mention with, with regards to it. Can, it actually pans over the game of Southampton and even now. When they compare the goalkeepers, even now with, with that Southampton keeper, Bernd Leno has had even more shots than that. It's like the Saints keeper and like what the, the, the Frankfurt keeper has now faced for the season. So it just tells you how open season is on our goal at the moment, which is, as we said, you know, it's always it's very worrying. Now, you, you're chasing already like a, t- a top four dream, and yet your goal is getting almost like little to no protection. And that's weird for a coach who sets up his team very defensively. So something is not right. Is he playing defensive plays in an attacking formation? I don't know what he's doing. Because, I mean, for me, look, I watched the. Uh, Argentina Uruguay game the other day. And <clears throat> when I saw Torreira playing in his 
you know, he's made it all that that, that uh, defensive defensive midfield position. I mean, the man was not only adding players with for the ball. You know, he's stuck in with tackles, throwing his body on the line to to cut out things, breaking up play. And I'm thinking to myself, it, like you know, Una, you've got this guy that is there, ready and you know, ready and waiting for you to do what we're really missing. And then he comes like when he joins up with the, with the squad again, and he's playing in a, a central attacking midfielder position. Then you think like you look, you cannot, and I think I think that is also what what causes this. An happiness that you're now seeing in the media also now with with Torreira, where he's now starting to to second guess his time now or his decision to even be at Arsenal now. I mean, if we lose Torreira, who are we gonna have to protect the midfield? I mean, you have Torreira who can anchor your midfield. Then you can play Guendouzi to do your box to box work, and then the two of them can sometimes even you know protect Uzel if you wanna have Uzel in the attacking midfield or Sebayos, but. What we're doing with, with Torreira is not working. I don't know if they want to try to have him closing down from the front, but if he's closing down and the rest of the team isn't, it's kind of pointless. So I don't know what Emre is trying with a top-quality defensive midfielder who could be on his way out if he doesn't change but I mean, things. You know, just to bring up a point <coughs> excuse me, that you now were talking about also a while back, was if you think of, of the sort of severe squad that he pulled up, Emery, I mean, yeah, that Nzonzi, and you would have thought now with him now, you know, moving on from, from uh, Sevilla and then, what is it, Valencia, PSG, and then uh, now to Arsenal. I thought that would have been almost like, you know, he's stable or, or staple go-to guy. You know, wherever he goes, you always see that he bowls his squad almost like around, a, a, a you know, a real robust central defensive midfielder. And I mean, for me, it's just never happened at Arsenal. It's more like he wants to play a straight-out midfield three, central three or... You know, whichever way he now pans it out, but he does not really play with somebody that just sits and holds, you know, that, that the line, you know, in front of the defense. If you want to play with that midfield three, that where they interchangeably become one becomes defensive midfielder and the other one, like, you know, they swap roles all the time in the game, then you can't play Granite Jaka because he's not mobile enough. You need three mobile guys that's going to make ground constantly. Torreira, Jaka, um, Torreira. Quintosi and possibly a Warlock that could work, or Sebayos, because they all three can go around the field. But if you're not going to do that, and you're going to leave your defense exposed already, struggling defense exposed, well, you can see what happens. I mean, I'm sure when, when Torreira, if we must look back, was defensive midfielder, we never had so much shots raining at, at mm-hmm. Leno. True. And I mean, okay, just back to the Europa League game. Um, you know, the top three players... Um, and I mean, like, you know, probably the danger man for us now, keep an eye on also for the Thursday night game. You know, you got Danny Da Costa, yeah, right midfielder, he's like averaging something like 7.5 a game. Uh, that Philip Kostic, he's 7.4 per game. And then Bastos, who, who you know, came in for, for now with Rebic leaving, he's almost like now spearheading the attack, who's like a more Giroud like player. And I mean, he's right, averaging like something like 7. Average like per game, so I mean these are guys that really you know whether it's uh, league or Europa League or play, sorry Bundesliga or Europa League, they are you know performing every game. So if we're gonna be like off, you know off the boil, they're gonna come all out at us. So you know it's you know warning has been given. And I mean we 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 need the three points. I mean even a draw could do, but I think we need the three points. You don't want to be 
losing to Frankfurt and suddenly going to a Stanley League stadium that's going to shake when the, when the crowd gets on your back because that's what happens. And Arsenal's at the moment seems like a team that you know needs to be held, they hands held by fans and hands held by everything and must go smoothly. Because if things don't go as planned for Arsenal, suddenly they look like deer in headlights. Yeah, because look, it's going to be even more intense than some of the way games we've been at this season. Because that Sandley Esch crowd, they really, you know, they they literally are rocking that stadium for 90 minutes with a, you know, win, lose or draw. I think, you know, is a good coach in Europe because of the fact that, you know, when he's away from home, he's a... It kind of overshadows sometimes his, his overall Europe European performance. Because if you look back, we had some shocking away performance in the Europa League last season. One that comes to mind is that was it against Rennes that we got where we lost at a 3 1? Yeah, we had to chase the game. Or 2 1. Yeah. It was something like that. And or we lost two games in a, away from home. And like Emre has his home record that's kind of decent. But if you look at the away from home, he sometimes struggles, but it gets overshadowed in the second leg where his team wins the, and qualifies through to the next round. So it's almost like, you know, you don't see that oh away form as badly in Europe because he doesn't have to win. Yeah. A draw is good enough. But in the Premier League, you need to win your away games. So that's why in Europe, he looks like a bit of a saviour and got us to where we were. But in the Premier League, you know, it's more noticeable. So... You know, he needs to get that right, and hopefully we can get the result against Frankfurt. But I mean, you know, like, with regards to him, it's not like he, in the Premier League, he's like, way easier to be sussed out by other coaches. And like now, when you, when you see him, even against like the Sheffield United uh, coach, when they you know, were putting it now in that game, that guy knew exactly every time he was always one step ahead of Emery, even though Emery was making various changes and, and like tweaking. These players just knew how they were going to hold us at bay, you know, without really, you know, like, kind of breaking your sweat. It was almost like easy. Like, almost like once you have your game plan set, uh, once it's forced upon us, we don't really have an answer to it. And then, uh, look at, even that, that um, what was that game that we now last played before the break also? Leicester. Yeah, where Rodgers did not even have to do much. It was almost like, they just had to wear, you know, wear through that, that first, like, 30, 40 minutes or hour. And then after them, like they knew the chances were going to come, they're going to start picking us off. And since we were no <coughs> threat going forward, it's almost like we were just waiting on the ropes to be popped a few times and and, and drop. The the problem with Arsenal, and one of it also that I have is that we just don't like scare teams anymore. Like you know, like going back to Wenger again, under his reign, or even if we go probably further back, when Arsenal used to lose sometimes. They would lose with, I guess I would say, I know we had our whippings, but sometimes when we we lost games, like that team had to hold on for dear life to almost get the that result. I mean, yeah. even though you lost, you were a bit upset, but you can see that team were like holding on and holding on and holding on. Arsenal would just come and come and come. And even sometimes would break through to get the draw or whatever. But now you don't see that. When that team's leading, it's comfortable. It's just too comfortable. Like, you just don't see a way back. Yes, sometimes we do come back. But you don't see it happening. You're watching this game and you're like, where's this game? Where, 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 where's this goal coming from? And I mean, it, it, if you think of it also like a bigger picture, it becomes also a strain on the team because you can't dig up this sort of performances every week. You know, you're going to have to scrape a draw, scrape a win. 
create some sort of, you know, where you're not going to get the, you know, ask your ass handed to you. So, you know, that sort of performance, also like that thing that you mentioned that time with the substitutions, where if you had made your substitutions right the first time, you don't need to make your two subs at the half time. Yes. Because now you're already jeopardizing yourself because, say, two players get injured, now you just got one sub left. And I mean, you know, in the Premier League, anything can happen with injuries and that. So, why, you know, why put yourself at that sort of risk? So, I think he's reading out the game at the moment. Or also, what we've been mentioning, I think it's down to underestimating the Premier League because, you know, sometimes people have, if you come in almost like with little respect, and I mean, look, we've now watched it over enough to know what, what you know, what goes and what doesn't. And I mean, you can see the way he came, everybody gave him that, that buy the first season and then second season. Now that he's really on him and he's buckling at every decision he's making. It looked cute in the beginning, you know, when he was able to make the subs and the subs came to win him games consistently. But, you know, that's when you had, like, the Aubameyang on a bench or you had, like, Lacazette on the bench or you used to, the way he rotated his squad. But now it's, like, it's backfiring. Now you look back and it's not anymore, like, oh, you know, he's a tinker man. He's a tinker man. It's about he's getting his team wrong first time around all the time. And then he relies and he substitutes. I mean... You know, we, we, we thought Emre was a guy who did his homework. I think he's to, apparently, he needs to give his players, like, flash sticks to watch the errors they're making and how to improve on it. Because clearly, I don't know if he still does that because the same guys are making the same errors. Yeah. So, you know, drawing a line now with the Frankfurt game, even though we did drift somewhat into our talking point section. But I just want to now continue with the talking point section where... Um, with a January transfer window coming up, um, I don't know if you saw, there's an article that Lee Dixon, or interview that Lee Dixon gave, where he said he would actually keep Emery away from the transfer budget for January. Because he, I think he's more thinking down the lines of, do you rather save that money for the summer and you do like a full sort of recruitment and, you know, also getting rid of people? Or I mean, I mean, what is your take on, on that situation of that remark at Cletics and that? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a difficult one. If I had my way, um, let me first go with, with Cletics and then I would, how I would do it is, I I think we need a defender. And if you can give every something to spend on a defender, I think we the defender is going to take us to top four at least. It's gonna, he can maybe repay himself by getting us to the top four because we don't need another attacker. I just think if there's an available Premier League guy, I mean, even if I might, you know, be laughed at, but maybe bring in one of Brighton's centre-backs just yeah. to help stabilise the team. Just because it seems like Premier League ready players, it seems to be the, the, the trick to sometimes, you know, get a bit ahead of your 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 fellow counterparts in the Premier League because they're ready. So I would give him something, but only if it's going to be on a defender. If he's going to blow it on another pointless attacker or midfielder, then no. But my ideal situation would be if, or ideal thing that could happen is, you maybe sack every, if you see by January that nothing's changed. Bring in maybe the guy you, you eyed for the, to come in, let him come in in January. Maybe don't let him spend anything, but start really planning, you know, what guys can I work with, what guys I can't work with, because it can't get any worse than 
the situation, if things do get worse under Emre, it can't get any worse having your new guy already sussing out who he needs to bring in, where do we need work done, and, you know, take it from there and let the guy spend in the summer. But for now, I think we just need a centre-back to marshal the defence. But I think also a new guy would probably have, you know, been watching our games or probably catching up on, on, on Arsenal matches. And then they probably would see the flaws. And, I mean, the flaw does start with not only the playing out from the back, but the defensive unit. And then you have that, that as we said, the breakdown between the defence. There's no protection in, in, in uh, midfield. And then you've got people in midfield that should be holding the line. <clears throat> almost like everybody going out and playing attacking football. Leaving us almost like you have almost like, <coughs> excuse me, almost like one route, one clearance. And we're already, you know, on our backsides. <coughs> I think there's just a, a miscommunication between coach and players and a link between the team on the field. I mean, it's almost like the back four is the back four. There's a back three, I mean, the mid three is the mid three and the forward line is the forward line. There's no link up, there's no link man between any of those positions. And, and, and it's starting to show like, there's just no fluidity in our game anymore. And I, I, I don't know what the way forward could be for, for this team at the moment. I watched also the, this past week um, the Wales game that when they played uh, was Hungary. And, you know, that Ramsey was key to that victory. And I was just watching, like, certain things of, of his game. I mean, I know I mentioned it, like, two weeks ago, a week ago, when we did the podcast, where he, he's somebody, he's almost like a, a poacher that just was, you know, always hugging the edge of the box, whether it's the side of the big box or, you know, just in front of that half moon. And, the, like, that one, where it, like, where it was, like, building up to the, the, the Wales goal, the, I think the first Wales goal, he's hovering in that area, so, so it's like... By the time that ball breaks, he's already acting almost like as a fourth attacking player, throwing himself into the box because they were playing almost like also a front three. But he's playing in that <clears throat> almost like that real sort of uh, central attacking mid, the cam role. But I mean, he's always making himself available there. And if, if things are not going his way or the team's way, actually, because I mean, he's very much a team player, you're almost like shifting to that midfield to start flooding it a bit to make it, you know, a bit difficult for teams to like, pass their way out. And <clears throat> just that little running between the lines constantly, that is what we are missing. You know, you know, you made the perfect example, I think, of how you mentioned, you know, it's, it's always there and there about at the edge of the box with that FA Cup final goal against Hull, where yeah. he came darting in from that position you're talking about. And we don't have that in the team, actually. We oh, just don't have a guy that's doing that. Another good like, example also when you watch him, the, what he or used to add to the squad, just that goal that, that he set up Aubameyang for in the North London derby, where nobody's thinking he's going to make that run, so it looked like Aubameyang was playing alone up front. And then all of a sudden you see Bellerin play the ball in and look who's on the end of that, that, that pass. He's making a burst into that open pocket of space. And it's not like the, the players we have, even with Ozil that's creative or, or Sebaeus, we don't have that player that's going to do that sort of running, that, you know, getting that uh, spots, that open spots. We have even more time on the ball and cause even more problems against opposition. I, I guess the, the impact of Ramsey wasn't appreciated previously. I remember I mentioned this in one of our podcasts we did last season 
because I had one of the pundits say it as well. You know, they said, with Aaron Ramsey, you don't really miss him when he's on the field, and you don't really, like, kind of notice all the time when he's on the field. But I guess he did his work very quietly, so much so that he didn't really know how he was helping the other guys on the pitch. Compared to you take him out of the team completely for the whole season, you actually see that hole that Aaron Ramsey leaves. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it left the, the, the board and it left Emery almost like with egg on their faces because Emery also greenlit that idea. I mean, Arsenal just had the, the, the option where they said, like, look, do we or don't we? And then Emery came out with it. You know, we didn't really need him because, you know, we were almost like able to, to handle it with what we have. And now you can see we don't have that sort of player now in the team and that is why we are lacking and that is why you see such a shocking, you know, goal conversion rate with us. And it is very shocking, and I just like we we I think Arsenal dawdles too long. I mean, you I think you told me we must out on Jurgen Klopp, we must out on possibly having Pep. So we could have gone for Brendan Rodgers. We went for Unai Emery to Arsenal now. Hold on and play the safe route, or do they go and take a risk? And I think. That, you know, there's no right or wrong decision. It will just be in hindsight what should have happened. Yeah. But, you know, it comes to think now. My personal opinion is we take the risk and try to replace him now. What is your thoughts on that? I would actually also just see it out until, as I said, three weeks. Because um, I, I just think now... As much as I hear some people say, you know, let him see that year out. If you let him see the season out, you don't know how much you're even going to lose ground even then. Because if things are not working now, you, you're almost like partially, I'm not saying yes, fully. But if you've partially also lost the dressing room and that you have now groove players that don't really want to play for you. Now you're going to get a situation like, uh, I don't know, if it was uh, Conte at that time with Hazard and, and, and David Luiz and them all went on a kind of player strike. And we're not, get, we're not giving the all for the, the team or the coach. Then you're going to be in that situation. Then it's not like you end up just drifting further and further and further away. So uh, it's down to, to see, like, you know, the, like, this is actually the real big test I think Edu was also getting now as technical director because it's going to, count, going to come down to say as well, besides Raul Sanehi and them. You know, how are we going to see this out going in, into the new year? Because, I mean, the last we want to do is going into 2020 and we already say 15 or 20 points adrift of the just top four. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one thing being 20 or 18 points away from first place, but top four, that's not what we're about. Yeah. So let's hope we can shift into gear, actually, and get the job done against Southampton. And like, you know, those batsmen who score the hundreds, work in tens, get your first three points, next three points, next three points. Look at the long again after three, four weeks. Okay, we need, then you go again and go again. Yeah, so I'll bring it into the podcast and I think also give my throat a rest for the weekend. Um, I hope you guys have a, have a fantastic weekend. I hope the results go our way because, I mean, we, guys, we really need it. I need a big performance as well. So take care, chaps. Bye. God, let's all get behind the Gooners this weekend or actually tomorrow, um, today. And, you know, we take the three points. Cheers, guys. <laughs>